Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Um, <clears throat> I am a uh, filmmaker living in Los Angeles, California, and joining me today is another filmmaker, director, uh, Joe Miali. Hi. Hello. Hey. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being a part of uh, the chat. and um, mm-hmm. trying to, yeah, I'm always reaching out with, uh, with, with little, little, like we know each other, uh, primarily we met on, I think we fought, somehow followed each other on Instagram at a point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, we can dive into a little bit of, of that too, but, um, you are, like I said, a film director, when you talk to people and are introducing yourself to somebody who has no idea what you do, how do you normally uh, describe yourself these days? Well, I don't talk to people. That's how I get away with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I tell them I'm an imposter and then I I run away uh, screaming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm a writer director. Uh, That's what I've always wanted to do. That's what I do. And um, that's who I am. Writer, director, making movies. Cool. All right. So uh, I know um, I'm going to skip what I was just going to say and jump right into question number one. Sure. Uh, Okay. Or I'll give, okay. I'm going to do a little bit of foundation building here on just our dynamic and how I look at you. Um, I know that I moved to LA in 2018. I was trying to make my first movie in 2019. I had met up with you. We met up for coffee back in the in the pre days when mm. that was that was a thing people did. And <laughs> and I got advice from you on making my first feature film and whatnot. And I really took a lot of what you said to heart. And uh, I appreciated your approach. And you said really nice things in terms of like I remember specifically. Um, I was kind of talking down some of my previous experience or like, or maybe like that was the budget I was working with. And you were kind of like, dude, like you're making a movie chill. Like it's, it's awesome. Like, you know, like think highly of the thing you're doing versus the talking down version. And I know like I took that home, uh, very much so. And I try to relay that message to other filmmakers, um, too. So a movie that you had made, which I had the pleasure of watching, uh, recently, um it's called revolt um that i believe was your was that your that was your directorial feature debut right is that correct 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 yeah yeah that released in 2017 Mm -hmm. um and okay i know i I have specific questions on i don't i don't know i don't know exactly where to start when talking about the movie like i i know but uh i guess for those that are unfamiliar how could you give us some foundation on maybe what the movie is about and then i can jump into oh uh, yeah absolutely sure uh revolt is a uh, science fiction action film it's an independent original film that i wrote uh it stars lee pace and berenice marlowe and lee pace plays a, an american soldier who wakes up in a uh, jail cell in kenya with no memory and doesn't even remember he's a soldier and quickly discovers he's in the midst of the end of the world, uh, sort of a war of the world's level alien invasion. And the story is really his his journey across the war zone 
to fig- find his place in the battle, if you will, and to really figure out who he is. And um, without spoiling anything, his journey leads him to realize it doesn't necessarily matter who he was, that he's going to redefine himself in the future of this battle. And so there's some, you know, fairly subtle metaphors and, and meanings in there. But uh, but on the surface, it's a it's a hopefully fun action sci-fi romp with some original uh, alien designs and other other cool things. And and you know, it's a small movie. We we packed as much spectacle as we could into it. It was about a three million dollar movie. Um, it's got a lot of action sequences, hundreds of effect shots, cool spectacles, interesting stuff, and hopefully some good drama as well. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a great, great job uh, with that. Love it. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't thought about the movie in a minute, so it took me a second to dust off some of the memories of what the movie is. But uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because I know when, when I watched it, because um, I know that that it's it's been a bit since uh, since that was a thing. And uh, I'm sure you've you've been up to plenty you're doing. I, I know you're setting up to do plenty of stuff and all that kind of stuff but going back to this one mm-hmm. um how i know i was paying attention to um like you said it's a small movie but it's it's very expansive in, in ways like i'm thinking about the location specifically like i know mm-hmm. when i was watching it you talk about it as if it's a small movie <laughs> but what and in my mind, when I'm watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, the the, the characters are covering so much terrain in <laughs> right. this project, and there's, I don't know how how did how how does that work? How did we do that? How is did that you do that? Me? Yeah, it's it's okay. So so let's reframe Revolt. Revolt is a small <laughs> big movie. Uh, it's a sci-fi adventure that should not have been made possible <laughs> to exist, and it took a lot of blood, sweat, and uh, figuring out, and a lot of really hard work and dedication from so many people to to do something that at the time uh, seemed it was just the right moment to do it, which is, can we take all the latest tools of filmmaking and all the sort of, I don't know, clever figuring we can and make a really small action film feel like a big action film? That was kind of the, the goal. Mm-hmm. So just as an example, you mentioned the locations, you know. Yeah. The, the the script is sort of a, a road movie. It's two people uh, going across a, a, a destroyed or a crumbling world and encountering different you know uh, troubles and trials along the way. Some of those locations I deliberately kept fairly open and vague in the script. You know, it might be a scene that takes place on a uh, in an, at an intersection. Didn't really specify more than what that intersection meant. I like the symbolism of a crossroads, but beyond that, and. In pre-production, we would just scout tons of locations and I would have them bring back like, you know, every location that they had recently filmed at that was, you know, a place we could actually film that they thought was interesting. And I would try to see if I could sort of back some of the scenes into those locations. So instead of instead of being really fixed and saying like this scene has to take place you know, at a stone bridge over a river with a tree right here, and then you're trying to find exactly that, was more like just bring me all those bridges you've ever filmed at and let's see if one of those can work because it wasn't built into the script it wasn't so inherent you know a lot of films do that but we we really went for that and so many you know so many scenes were made larger because we were open to 
finding out what we could find, you know, like finding places that maybe didn't need uh, mm-hmm. a budget to make them work, you know. So, so you we we'd go to like a an abandoned uh, Johann. We filmed in Johannesburg and Johannesburg and around Johannesburg, and that city was kind of founded on these gold mines, many of which are now depleted and more or less abandoned. So there's lots of abandoned older buildings that have crumbled and just sort of infrastructure that's decayed. And so we used a lot of that, uh, but didn't want it to seem like it had been there a long time. So we'd find a crumbling building and maybe put a fire next to it and a smoke machine next to it and stage a scene in front of it. So at least it, you know, maybe a keen eye would realize what we were doing, but at least it gave you the atmosphere that they're walking through sort of a destroyed world. Uh, as opposed to, you know, if you were making a really big budget film, you would probably create that entire set for that sequence. Mm-hmm. And it would cost a lot of money and take a long time. And we kind of found those sets and built the movie into them. Yeah, which, which I thought you guys did an awesome job with. With like, Because I'm, I'm like, oh, it's not just, I could imagine the the indie guerrilla filmmaker type where you kind of just go off into the desert and you're like all right actors yeah. get, get out there and make it make it look apocalyptic with your acting well um, <laughs> you know it's it's no different though than what i've often heard like uh the duplass brothers talk about and you know or anyone who's like well i've got a cool house that i live in yeah uh, that i think can work and i'm going to shoot a scene here you know it's it's uh it's just the more um uh it may be more elaborate version of that same idea. Cause if you go to a, a different country that isn't captured on film that often, I mean, many films are filmed in South Africa, but very often they're filming in South Africa as if it's Seattle or something, you know, they're just using the country as a foundation, but we were actually filming in South Africa and for a film that we were setting in Kenya. So we wanted sort of the more regional uh, look and feel and the, and, the, and the red soil and the roads and all of that. So if you go to another country to shoot your film and, and instead of trying to force your ideas upon the country, if you look for what that countryside and what that crew has to offer you, you find a way to you know, reverse engineer the puzzle and maybe make something um, a little bigger than it deserves to be yeah. in terms of the budget. For sure. I dig it. In terms of the story. Yeah. How? Okay. Um, one thing that I really dug about it too was uh, how you handled your, the two, the two leads, the, the, the road story, like you said, it's a trip between these two characters, one guy who doesn't know who he is. And then the gal um, are traveling across and trying to, so they're doing their thing <laughs> and trying to survive. And um, I, I don't, I don't know. I really want to spoil. I don't, I don't know. We can, I don't know. It's, whatever um how did i really dug the um jeez ah, i want to talk about the ending but <laughs> uh well just, i don't know it's probably I'm, safe to talk about it at this point I'm, I'm just saying like i don't i like how it wasn't um you weren't screaming at the camera like oh these two are gonna fall in love at some point or whatever mm-hmm. like oh there's a thing here and it kind of like naturally came up in this moment of just high intensity and, and they just end up in each other's arms kind of haphazardly. And there's like, just we're dying looking at each other's eyes kind of thing. Yeah. And it, that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised me. Cause I thought that that was a direction you weren't going to go with it. Um, so I'm like, Oh, it seems like there it's a plane very platonically. And I dig, it. I'm like, that's a different thing. I much prefer to see this play out. And then it's still 
came in as a surprise and uh, then it got ripped away from us right away too. So yeah. I thought, I thought that was really cool. And I don't know um, if there's anything specific that you, as to why you approached that that way, or um, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't the original ending. Um, the, the the script and the film and between between script revisions and production and editorial and some reshoots, um, there were quite a few endings to the film. And <laughs> and uh, and especially for a, a smaller film, it was it was actually quite a great opportunity that the producers enabled us to go back and and shoot mm. uh, more footage and create that new ending so that moment in the film is kind of a pivot point to to a reshoot um so that wasn't that wasn't the way the story ended initially or the, the story turned initially um but the original ending didn't quite work and that was a solution that i think gives the film an intensity and a, and a twist that it needs you know um, so that it's not so expected mm -hmm. that, oh, well, if, if these two, if this male and female character survive at the end of the movie, they're going to kiss, you know, like it's kind of, kind of been done quite a few times. So, so this was a way to do something a little more surprising. And it also refocuses the story on, on, on the, the lead character, Bo, uh, Lee's, mm -hmm. Lee's character, because it's really his story of his identity. And so the, the interesting thing to me dramatically was for the first hour of the movie, he's trying to figure out who he is and he starts to maybe learn a little bit about himself by his interactions with her and starts seeing the world the way she sees the world because he's really so confused and lost. And then just when he starts getting sort of anchored in her a little bit, she's taken away and now he's forced to reckon with, you know, the, the one person in the world he knew at this point, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and who are you when that happens? And, and also the interesting idea that you know, she knew lots of, she was quite, she's quite a, a frustrated character because she's known so much loss and he's almost um, ignorant to the loss because without a memory, he doesn't even know the people that he lost. And so it was a way for us to give this character a sense of loss mm -hmm. later in the film and force him to kind of, kind of rebuild his identity around that. And of course the film, not only does she get taken from him, but then he learns in, in a complex way, he learns who he really is and has to decide what to do with that. Um, and, and without spoiling too much, I'll say, you know, he, he learns that he is uh, um, maybe a bit on both sides of this uh, invasion and it could kind of go either way for him. And he has to make a choice of what to do with that. You know, it's, which side is he gonna take yeah. in, this, in this fight? So, so it, was a way to, it was a way to force that character to reckon with that. Yeah, no, most definitely. That makes sense. So how, I guess, like, I'm curious on the process of uh, shooting an ending and then going into post with it. And then, because uh, like, let's just say for me, I've directed such, oh, geez, amazing. I was going to do it again. I was going to say such small things. <laughs> I haven't had the luxury. Well, that's of, okay. Or, they, they could be small things. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's, a, it's, it's, I, I guess, fun. like, I just, yeah. I, you know, going in and, 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 it sounds like an exciting process to me is I guess what I'm trying to say is you shoot a thing, put it together, you watch it. Who and how uh, do those decisions come about? I guess in your specific case, like who are you talking with and how did, how did uh, you decide on what you wanted to, how you're going to mix it up and, and go back and adjust that ending and such. 
it, it, it involves many long nights and a lot of agony, quite honestly, because you're, you're in an editing room with your editor. Mm -hmm. And in the first sort of chunk of time, you get to do your director's cut. So really no one else is involved. And it's just kind of like the purest version of what you think you've got. And it's you and the editor, and maybe you've shown some friends or had some conversations, but you've kind of been very insulated. Um, and then you start, you know, and then and then that period ends, and then you, and then the producers have a look, and then you start having some really serious conversations, not just about the ending, but just about the whole movie. Like, what what do we what do we have? We wrote something, we shot something, but now, what do we have? And and it's a reflection of the edit, but also just a reflection of the edit at that point, but also just a reflection of the material you've captured. So that's a chance where you, that's when we start to realize, oh, well, some of these, like you've said, some of these locations have really, and, and, and what we did with them really worked out. Look how mm-hmm. expansive this section of the film is, or look how exciting this little action sequence we shot in two days. It's massive. Like we really, okay. And then maybe we'll edit it more and add more to it. And then it becomes a visual effects conversation because you're cutting with temporary effects or just little placeholders. So it's hard sometimes to really appreciate the power of a scene when it relies on effects and they're not in. So you start getting some effects and putting them in and then hoping that the scenes with effects uh, sort of trickles down to the scenes without effects so that people looking at the cut can appreciate that that unfinished scene will be great. Uh, And so for us, it was a lengthy process. The producers were super generous with our, like editorial just kind of went on longer than it, maybe had planned to because we were still refining but we just found that the ending like in particular the third act it just wasn't as strong as the first hour uh, and there were many reasons for that the story wasn't quite working right the the sets like there's a lot of things that just weren't quite as good the first hour felt really good and tight and beautiful and then it kind of just started to fall apart again so uh so many months of debate discussion rewriting rebudgeting arguing laughing crying I, I drank so much coffee at that time in my life. I was giving myself like heart palpitations and I had to ease off the coffee. Oh Literally went to the ER and was like, I'm having a heart attack. And they're like, have you been stressed out? And I'm like, I'm in post-production on a movie and I think we're chopping off the entire end. And they're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because my heart is doing this funny squiggle on the screen. Uh, it was just coffee, like stress and coffee. So a lot of hard nights and days to get to the point where you're like, I think we need a new ending. And then figuring that out with the producers. And and I don't really want to say convincing them to do it because I feel like they also wanted to do it. But it was convincing them of what the new ending would be, mm-hmm. what it would cost, what it achieves. Can we go back and put the team together and go all the way back and shoot for a couple of weeks and create a new ending? And while we're there, can we get this little insert we never yeah. know? Can we do? So it became this huge conversation and they did it. They said yes, and all of a sudden, gosh, you know, the movie took a long time to make because of this. So, like maybe a year after we wrapped, I was going back, and the team was wow. coming back, and we were. And it's it's not a short journey. It's L.A. to Johannesburg is about as far away as you can get on the planet before you start coming back around. And uh, we 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 went back out there. We had a really quick prep, and we shot two weeks, and we 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 changed the whole movie. So it was. I realized it was an opportunity not just to change the ending, but to but to bookend it and do all these things. So we, the opening sequence of the movie is something we shot later. That was a reshoot as well. Mm-hmm. So this big opening sequence of, you know, the beginning of the attack right before he loses his memory. And that was, and then we decided to be ambitious with our reshoots. So that was the first day of reshooting. It was like, let's get the hundreds of extras and go to that town and keep that on day one. 
And I remember Lee, Lee flew back in day before, I guess, showed up, got back in his costume, great spirits. And there was hundreds of people on set and we we're shooting this giant sequence. And he's like, oh, we're really jumping right into it. And I was like, yeah. And we, I think we all felt that way. And he was great. You know, it's a lot of hard work for an actor to be in this kind of messy, dirty machine gun movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So the process is long, complicated, tiresome, stressful, especially because of the uncertainty. So I'm, I'm talking to you with the hindsight of the movie yeah. done and it's out and I've moved on. But in the midst of that, while I was drinking too much coffee and having heart palpitations was the question of, are we going to finish this movie? Is, is the ending like, what if they don't want to spend another dollar? Do we finish that version? Does that suck? Or is it okay? Or do we not finish this movie? Like movies just get disappeared sometimes. And all of that was on the table and it was extremely stressful. Uh, I don't know if people talk about this aspect of filmmaking enough. It's yeah. not always, you know, there's many romantic and thrilling and exciting parts. There's also really a lot of heartache and sometimes literal uh, heartache or stress mm -hmm. uh, because because we care, you know, you're the filmmaker, you want this to be the best. And I wasn't trying to make a, what we call a Sundance movie or a, a small indie drama that was like, it wasn't trying to be this little heartfelt gem. We were trying to make a big, exciting movie, but nonetheless, I care a hundred percent. I'm a genre guy. I, I want it to be the coolest, most fun. And so when, when it starts breaking or something's not working or there's a problem, you can't help, it, it affects you and you, you can't detach yourself from that. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I'm glad you're. Yeah, I feel like that's more accurate to the the. Uh, yeah, to I what wish. You've I, no, I wish. I wish more filmmakers were open about uh, talking about that side of it for sure. Yeah. So thanks for. Uh, yeah, letting. Yeah. All right. Okay. I want to. We our schedule is tight here, so I want to okay. see what we can do about. Okay. <clears throat> I don't want these aren't rapid fire. I'm just. I'm being an ad over here and just reminding us of time um okay this is something that directors often don't talk about much and i'm curious and because this is an aspect of a world that i uh occupy too um this is it feels kind of random just come out of nowhere but what, good, do, yeah. what, do you, what do you what do you what do you in terms i don't want to talk about casting your movie i, I don't necessarily in terms of casting and crewing the film i want to talk yeah. about a specific position mm -hmm. and it's called the script supervisor yeah so I don't know what your experience is with script supervisors or how extensive you look into that specific person, but what do you, what do you look for in, uh, in that position when you are making the, the narrative stuff? That's a great question. Um, we had an excellent script supervisor on revolt and uh, for the life of me right this very moment, I cannot, I'm going to have to look up her name because it breaks my heart that I can't remember it. Um, I look for someone who uh, is a little bit ahead of me because I I'm, I'm shooting from something I wrote, but now I'm on set and I'm in the midst, midst of, mm -hmm. you know, all of the chaos of it all. And so, and so I'm really looking for someone who's like, kind of got my back, you know, does that, does that really answer your question? Like, it's kind of like, you know, there's so many little things, uh, whether it's eye lines or, or coverage, but I'm really looking for, uh, a therapist. <laughs> I mean, that's, a script supervisor on set could be like a therapist. I, I, I drive me crazy. I have to look up. Are you going through IMDb right now too, <laughs> or something? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to look it up for you. That I can never remember, and I have to do this whole time. It's really embarrassing. Was she um, was she local, or what? Did she go yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of our uh, most of our our, our crew 
was local and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is a really great part of your podcast, isn't it? I'm going, all right, I'll burn some time with, all right, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I agree. I've definitely, um, since moving to LA, I've been, script supervising has been my bread and butter. So I've, yeah. I've like, I, I think I've told you before too, like I've been on many sets, work with many directors, either making their first feature, making their first short, making their second short, whatever. There's always enough going on in your brain where having that backup, Having that, <laughs> having that backup of like, oh, this person has my back on story because most most crew members, like the DP is looking at the visual, the lighting, the composition, the sound person is listening at the audio, the, you know, everybody's got their thing. There's, unless you have a producer on set that's like a creative producer looking at story, there's normally nobody else actually watching to make sure this is a cohesive thing is going to cut together. Right. So, um, I, you know, it, it, for me, okay. Um, Maureen Conway, that's her name. Lovely, Maureen. Maureen Conway was my emotional rock during many hard days. And I'll tell you, one of the things I like about a script supervisor is that if I'm by the monitor, they're right next to me and they know everything that's going on and I can turn to them and say, is that person being mean to me or am I crazy? And I thought, you're doing fine. I thought, oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so on, on a hard movie, Revolt was a hard movie. It's a physically hard movie. It's, Everything, yeah. um, you know, script supervisor is like a uh, is like is emotional therapist, not just for the sake of the director's sanity, but for the story. You know, like oh, are we? You know, so it's almost like a little. To me, sometimes it could be a little story consultant on the side. You can like, hey, did I, did I get? I got that line in a close up, but we're running out of time. I don't think I can get another one. Let's, you know, how was that take? Let's look at it. But what do you think? You know, just having that consultant, so it's not just a. Um, it's not just a mechanical job, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess like maybe moving forward with your future projects, I don't know. Um, Cause it's, it's interesting interviewing with directors as a script supervisor. Sometimes mm -hmm. like the job is to just ensure, let you know that I'm here to have your back and we're, you know, this yeah. is my experience and whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll leave it at that. Great. You know, I I, I worked as an editor for many years, so yes. I I'm usually not too worried about whether it'll cut together. Usually, I can do that in my head on the day, or if it's storyboarded, I, I kind of have a sense of like what's going to cut. Usually, um, eyelines a little trickier. So it's good to have as much help as possible with eyelines because they can just be a little weird at times. Yeah. So for me, it's really more about big picture. You know, how yeah. how are we doing? You know, how are we? You know, because sometimes you don't even need to cover a scene with a lot of angles. In that case, you're not leaning super hard on your script supervisor. Then there were, I mean, there were days in Revolt where we had tons of pages of dialogue in multiple languages. Um, that's certainly the kind of day where you really lean on your 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 scripty because you, you, I don't speak other languages. I barely can speak English sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, did we yeah, get that? I mean, yeah, and they and they were multiple. Is that in? Okay, and they were multilingual in, in terms of being able to cover that, or how? I don't how remember. I don't, know, I don't remember that Maureen was. But we had like a translator as well, so I feel like maybe they were sitting together that day, you know. But okay. uh, there were two days really. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an it's an interesting job. It's not something that's discussed often enough. How much we actually rely on a script supervisor. Great. It's also freedom, and it means it means especially if you're having a more improvisational day. You know, an action scene might be a bit more 
planned out. But if you're shooting, you know, a bit more on the fly that day, you're kind of covering some dialogue and you're working with the actors and kind of finding it organically. That's when you really need that person yeah. in your corner who's going to make sure you're doing No, it for right. sure. I mean, I think about the days of, uh, as a director, you want to be, you want to be in it and you want to be focused with your cast and, and you, you just, you, you got to do all the blocking. You got to figure everything out. And sometimes yeah. it had been a bit since you've looked at the script. I mean, like wrote the script or it's not fully fresh in there and you, you're, you're not picking up the sides to review like you're, well, I'm always reviewing my sides. <laughs> I, I disagree. I, I, I'm always, I, I have a, a friend who's a photographer who's, who's uh, been on many of my sets over the years. And he used to tease me because he always had, a, he always took pictures of me on set. And I was always just looking at a clipboard. <laughs> because mm-hmm. i'm always looking at the pages you know there's there's always time there's always you're rushing 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 and then you're waiting on something you know maybe this or that i, I don't want to criticize any department everyone always says you're waiting on lighting but it's not always lighting sometimes you're waiting on something else but you're waiting and there's just another chance to look at that material again and it's funny it doesn't matter how long you've if you wrote the script or how long you've um, been with the material but there's something about reading that page that morning it's like it feels like a whole different thing I mean hopefully it doesn't feel like an alien project hopefully it's familiar to you Uh, but there's something about reading it that morning and going oh we have four hours to shoot this I've thought about this scene for x number of years Mm -hmm. and today we have four hours to shoot it and we'll probably never get a chance to shoot it again granted sometimes you do but you really want to nail it and all of a sudden it reads differently because there's you're bringing more of a, an energy and an intensity to it. And the stakes yeah. are, you, every other time you read it, there were no stakes, you're just reading it. Now you're like, today we do based on this page is gonna be in the movie forever. Okay, well, I'm happy, to, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that you're reviewing on in the morning. Oh, that's great, I love it. I'm, I'm all too familiar with directors not doing that and I have to come up and be like, hey, remember this thing happens and this thing happens. And I kind of go through the sides with them sometimes. And I'm like, let's, do you know what you're filming here today? Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh... skip that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes they turn out great. Well, I mean, look, yeah, there are people who dwell in chaos and make great films. Uh, big, fabulous directors who just live in a crazy, crazy way and work in a crazy way. If the films are good, then it works. So there's there's no, not only is there not one way to do this, but there's like infinite ways of doing this. I mean, it's just there's there's too many variables and personalities. It's just it's just whoever who and whatever you know. If the if the if if the people like the movie, (laughs) every movie's been made in a slightly different way. You know, every single one. So yes. Okay. Next question. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the 12 hour work day being that that's the standard uh, day length for a feature? How do, how, what's your take on, uh... Uh, you know, I, I'm glad this has been coming up a lot and that, and that, you know, I, I'm glad we averted a strike last year, but I, I'm glad that the discussion was happening and that, and that it's not just happening in the film business, right? It's happening everywhere. I mean, there's mm-hmm. uh, strikes going on at food plants and all that. So I'm glad we're having the conversation. I think that 12 hour workday is. Uh, so I, I guess oh, me, let me, yeah. let me interject really quick. Yeah, just yeah. to clarify. Do you also, uh, 
help produce the features that you're directing or are you primarily you strictly director uh, I, I have not I, I have produced really small films a while back I have not I did not I was not technically a producer on revolt I'm not technically a producer on this film so so in yeah in that sense it's outside of my purview mm -hmm. but as the director you're still very much involved in all of this um I do everything I can to fight for um the shortest days and five-day weeks and in, in some ways for me, I think the five day week is a more important distinction even than the 12 hour day. Um, Cause it really depends on how many locals you have and are they driving back home and is that safe? And, and are the 12 hour days really, are they 12 hour days or do they grow? And are, are, if every day is a 16 hour day, it's just, a, it's a ridiculous prospect. Um, I don't think I ever, uh, on Revolt, I can't think of any day that we went over at all and if we did it was maybe a half an hour i mean and part of that was just the the reality of it is that it was a very hard film to make so you can't you have to move on and also we were always going to different locations because when you do a road movie so with that film i don't think we ever had we probably almost always had a 12-hour day which means for unit it was even longer days and i know that was extremely hard on them um, but what made Revolt so hard is that being a small movie, I think almost every week ended up being a six day week. Mm -hmm. And when you combine a, a longer day and then a week like that, you're just burning everybody out and it's horrible. So I've done a lot to push for five day weeks and uh, working on a new film now and still we're still at five day weeks in our schedule. And I think that helps a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I actually, honestly, I really envy the old film schedules. <laughs> If you look at a, a film schedule or just the interview with people talking about how films were shot and the pace at which films were shot not that long ago, 12-hour um, days were a rarity. And there were some, absolutely. There were movies that were brutal. But the expectation of what you're supposed to achieve in camera on a given day was so much different than it is now. Mm. And I think part of that is because of our technology not just digital movie cameras but our technology as a whole right like the fact that you you know in the 80s you couldn't mass email a call sheet so you had to like <laughs> everything had to be handed out and i think the, the speed of life and business was a little bit slower and maybe therefore the expectations of what a crew could achieve in one day was just different and now everyone wants everything right away and so it's expected that a crew in a 10 or 12 or 16 hour day is shooting like a bazillion pages and making it all beautiful and I think that's, uh, on the one hand, it's fair in the sense that, well, we have more productivity tools, we have an internet, we have all this stuff that makes life faster. So I guess we should be a bit more productive. But on the other hand, what time are we, what, at what point are we just being cruel to ourselves, to the crew and making crappier movies because we're blazing through them and, you know, yeah. in three weeks, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all over the place about it. I, 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 there's not much I can do about it personally. I, it's my whole struggle is getting the next film made and, the hours of the day is not something I have a lot of say over, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like, okay, because I, I feel like the director is a position that that does have power, if anything. I mean, because I think about like, let's just say, let's just say, well, maybe, yeah. okay. I know I've been on movies that yeah. we have done so well. And we've wrapped early multiple days. We've, we've, got, we've gotten additional scenes from like the next day to make the last, next day lighter. Like yeah, we've yeah. done stuff like that. And sure. I have seen producers fire back with like, you guys are doing so good. We're chopping a day off the schedule. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like, well, I How, thought. Why are you punishing me for being a good boy? Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's not that directors do it on power. It's that a director is unfortunately in the position of director, you have um, conflicting uh, incentives. Like as the director, you're sort of incentivized for super long days because theoretically you're shooting more material. Good for you. You're exhausted, but at the end of the day, you get driven back to a hotel or a home and then you rest, whereas the unit or other crew are still working. And, uh, you know, so it's like, so on the one hand, I'm like incentivized to wring every second out of the movie and every second out of the crew. And, and I'm, I'm encouraged to do the most creative and the most co cover the scene in the best way. On the other hand, uh, I'm disincentivized to it because I, it, because it wears me down. It wears the crew down and doesn't necessarily mean better results. It's just more hours and more stuff, but it's just crammed in, but you know, I'm only embarking now on my second film. So I do have power over certain things, but it's not a final authority. It's not saying, no, we're shooting, I wanna do eight hour work days and five day weeks. Uh, and therefore we're gonna shoot this movie for 10 weeks. Well, it's just not agreeable. Like, I don't know what producer is gonna agree to make a small film and shoot it for twice as long because we want shorter days. So sure, the director has power, but <laughs> my incentive is to make the best movie possible. Yeah, yeah. Within the within the resources, and I, I get penalized in a way. But you know, if if we go over, at the end of every day, a report is filed. So it's like they went over on Monday. Okay, they went over on Tuesday. Okay, is there a problem? They went over on Wednesday. Okay, if they're over by Friday, I might be getting fired. So I'm in. But if they say, oh, but we're doing twelve-hour days, or we're doing this many-hour days, well, I'll take every minute I can get because they, it's never enough days or weeks so it's it's a really uh, i don't know it's a weird position to be in yeah it is, I, I just it is. i just wish it wasn't the standard because now the expectation is you're going to shoot a bazillion hours of footage every day and I'm, I'm i've done that i'm capable of doing that it's not always the best answer it's not yeah. always the best material as opposed to okay today we're shooting this three-page scene and we're going to shoot half of it break for lunch shoot half of it and everyone goes home for dinner like, yeah that would be nice yeah, you go in with the plan, you know, the shots you want, you've prepped for the movie, yeah. everybody goes in and we're getting these specific shots in this specific way and we accomplish yeah. the task and we go home. But sometimes it's like, right. well, we have more time, I guess let's shoot more of that, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just uh, the, the one thing that helps is a turnaround for actors, let's say. And on Revolt, you know, I forget the numbers now, but let's say the actors had 10 hour turnaround. And that was from like the moment they're brought, that was like at the end of the day, they're brought back to their place to stay. That's when the 10 hour clock begins. I, I don't think, I, don't, I think it was 10, but I don't remember, but, but let's say, and then they have 10 hours before they're, before we can take them away the next morning to go shoot again. And that helped us contain the days. It didn't necessarily help our unit because we were traveling. We had so many locations and they were always multiple units setting up and breaking down. And that was still brutal. But as our shooting days were actually somewhat contained because of turnaround. So sometimes turnaround can help everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. No, definitely. I just, I feel bad that it's, it's the actors that we rely on to like, well, the actors have to rest and it's like, well, why I don't know, we, like why everyone else has to rest too. Yes. I'm also <laughs> exhausted. So is that dude over there, the name you've never decided to learn. who's just holding that thing all day, but <laughs> he's also tired and he has a family. Yeah. I know there, there's a, you know, there's a, <laughs> It's weird, right? We we're all very passionate about movies. And of course the director hopefully is the most passionate one about it. It's their movie, whatever, uh, or if it is their movie, I should say, um, in the sense that maybe they wrote it or maybe it's their project that they've 
carried for many years. So by the time the director's showing up, they've maybe been involved for a really long time. So they wanna work as hard as possible and they're willing to lay it all on the line. But for much of the crew, uh, it's a job, it's a day yeah. job. And they may not like the movie, they might like the crew, but it's not some career defining moment for them the way it might be for a director or an actor or some other people on the crew. But a lot of the crew is, is working to pay their bills and do a great job. And it's, it's not really appropriate to apply the, well, this is my career defining thing. So I'm gonna work too hard until I'm physically exhausted. You apply that to, to a, a workforce that a crew that's trying to do their best. You're just taking advantage of them at that point. And that's yeah. unfortunately kind of the norm across TV and film right now. And I don't know how it's gonna change, but at least the conversations last year and the almost strike was, uh, to me, it sounds seems like a beginning of the conversation mm -hmm. and hopefully we can continue down that path. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like you're, you're at least uh, self-aware enough to understand that from your, from your crew and your own team. So I'm sure that, yeah. that, that goes to work with you on how you treat. I, I, your... I, I fight for the most humane conditions across the board. Like the five hour day is a big one for me because the six hour days on revolt seems so destructive and, and so I fight for the five hour day. And as I grow as the five day week, uh, I'm sorry, the five, five, five hour like day would be fantastic. And it's like, I think they do that in France, actually, <laughs> in the 60s, you know, they shoot for a few hours and hang out. Um, yes, five, five day weeks. Uh, I fight for those. And then my feeling is as I grow as a filmmaker and do gain more authority to say, here's how I want to make this film and have more people respect that and go with that. I can continue to advocate for the most humane hours and days. That's the truth. And, and you know, someone's making their first, second or third movie. Yes, I'm in control of so much of that movie, but I also, there's a lot of things I don't quite have a say in, including like what the budget is, you know, which is a direct, you know, relationship to the schedule. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it, my sir. We oh yeah I guess okay that's pretty much what I got and that's mm -hmm. pretty much our time so okay. I, I I I can throw in a little little extra nugget here um I guess if if you yeah I don't know sure um this is I feel like it's a lame question but throw, I, I love a, a lame question I'll towards the end I'll throw it's it great. anywhere uh yeah. you I don't know I guess I'm curious to I you like to tease via instagram in terms of like what you're working on or something's in the works or here's oh, like yeah. a a thing um it's so nice to know someone's actually seeing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how somebody, somebody cares <laughs> somebody thank, cares. thank you eddie thank you yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. um how do you feel about uh i don't know if it's like you can't talk about what you're working on or just mm -hmm. the the hollywood secrecy element of uh like how, how or sure. is it something yeah. or is it more is it more for you that you don't want to yeah. jinx something like I, you know there's a lot of, a lot it's, of it's all it's all those things i'm happy to answer that question it's actually all those things i first of all i actually just prefer a little mystery uh you know i'm i'm i i i'm old enough to remember before there was an internet when your favorite filmmakers and rock stars only existed in TV and films and magazines. And you had to like, go get that, go get that picture, go read that article. And otherwise they were mysterious. And, and it was, uh, I, I liked that. I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't love that now some really interesting artists are just on say Instagram, like posting a picture with their dog and they're like standing on the sidewalk and like, like a not great photo, like that they took themselves. It just, to me, I, I know that they're human, <laughs> but 
I wasn't really signing up for that. I was signing up for the cool, weird artist that you are, that you put out these weird things into the world. And now you're giving me the really ordinary stuff. Um, and it loses a little magic to me, I guess. And uh, it doesn't affect my appreciation of their work. It's just, I don't, I, I'm not particularly, it feels very voyeuristic and almost um, uh, paparazzi-esque. Of, like people are now paparazziing themselves all the mm-hmm. time. You know, really, really well-known artists are just like, here I am in the bathroom. It's like, why are you doing that? I don't know. So I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. Uh, not that anyone really cares what I'm doing, but I just don't have a big urge to overly share the mundanity. I'd rather post the photo of the mundane thing that to me looked quite magical and strange and share that. As far as sharing what I'm working on, um, the last few years I've been writing, developing and pitching a lot of things and there's not a lot that's uh, photogenic about that process. So I haven't felt the need to overly share that. Uh, But it is also a little bit about jinxing things. And also I never want to be someone who uh, touts what I'm doing until I know it's happening. So I'm always like, okay, when I'm on set, I'll let you guys know this movie I'm making. But until then, you know, here's a little picture of a, half a page of a script or a, a diagram of a scene but you know and then also this way if the movie changes or something it's not it's not like i've laid it all out and bragged about something that didn't quite pan out you know it just seems like gee, a lot of people are always boasting i'm not i'm not a boaster but i'm proud of the things we're doing and i'm i can't wait to talk about them but i feel like i'd rather have some substance behind it okay so i guess in general for uh uh as our as our outro um in terms of like following following your journey and here and being excited about what you got cooking um what what are you what are you currently trying to challenge yourself with and what are you um what are you hoping to accomplish here in uh we're we're at the very early stages of 2022 like what's on what's on your horizon here yeah, I've got a new movie in the works, and I hope to uh, have to be on set of that movie and posting about it, um, hopefully relatively soon. And uh, other than that film, I have a couple other film projects that are in a more uh, pitchable, pitchable stage. So I have a few projects in development and hopefully an active project. So I hope to get them all up and running this year. It's only February now, so we'll see. <laughs> but things take time. and uh, Yeah, yeah got to just keep hammering away and 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 keep your head up high and hammer through and then all of a sudden you realize you know you, you no for you, sure you end up where you're going but it takes a while okay yeah because i i think about the, the the creative uh the journey of um thinking about what you made before and like well yeah. everything you learn through that process and trying to elevate yourself to the next for the next thing and every in every potential way that's in your control yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just assuming that that's a part of your equation too, but that, um, that, that, the, the things I've worked on in the past and how they and no, what I learned from that. Just, or? just that you're like, I've made, you, you made revolt and you had that experience, the VFX, the genre. And like, I don't know if that, that probably plays into what, what's coming next is like, or either sure. if, yeah, yeah. The, the the new the new things that i'm working on are, are a bit different than revolt and hopefully hopefully better and hopefully more interesting and all that uh what i've learned from it if anything i, I just feel like much more confident as the storyteller and a filmmaker having been through revolt and there's lots of things i don't uh, love about that movie and the, the, there was lots of I've, I've hinted at some of the trials and tribulations of making it I think of now I feel like it's a, a, you know, a dent in the armor, you know, it's just part of who I am and 
I don't mm-hmm. I don't think about that movie too much, but I, I but I, yeah, I but yeah, I'm yeah. standing on in the way I stand on its shoulders and I climb up to the other ones. And so it's it's just about life experience. And also, you know, I think what we've all learned in the last couple of years in the pandemic is to like, I don't know, try to balance life a little bit. So I so one I guess one thing I'm trying to do this year is got some big projects and some big things going on, but I'm trying to also just stay super centered and zen about it all. So on the days that there's really exciting developments, I try not to get too excited because I know that could change. And on the day there's setbacks, I try not to be too discouraged by that either. And then, you know, and then you just get through your week or your month or the project. And I'm just trying to be a little more centered through the whole step. Because was, I think anyone's first film is quite a roller coaster emotionally and personally. And then that movie was especially challenging and ambitious. So it really was uh, quite crazy um my own little apocalypse now or something you know so now i'm trying to take a more like uh wholesome approach like as a person to it and trying to i I meditate i've reduced my caffeine consumption i try to eat right and just maybe maybe the next film doesn't have to be so physically (laughs) destructive yeah that's let's hope it's not yeah um okay so with that being said uh i'm sure if people want to keep in keeping the keeping the know and follow and, and see your 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 hints and your teases uh they can follow you on instagram i'm i'm sure just at your name joe meow yeah my name on twitter and instagram i don't post very often <laughs> and, I, and i don't post very uh i don't post too many secrets but um but yeah. the more when i can i will <laughs> yeah no it's all very cool it's always cool yeah. cool imagery and cool stuff so i know i Thanks. enjoy Thanks. uh oh cool yeah Thanks. Cool. All right. With that being said, I guess that's it. Thanks. Uh, right. Thanks for thanks for being yeah, it a part. Was a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, all right. Cool. Uh, all right. Okay. Bye, people. I... Bye. Thanks. Boom, 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 boom.